This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. We'll begin in verse 8. Um, I believe uh, a couple of months ago, maybe, I mentioned that I had listened to a, uh, an audio book called Live Not By Lies. It's a recent publication. Um, it, it's written by Rod Dreher, and the title of it comes from uh, a, a speech by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Uh, now, if you don't know who Alexander Solzhenitsyn was, he was a, a, a Christian author who had been held in the Soviet gulags um, in prison. And uh, whenever he was freed and he came to America, he, he, he wrote uh, a massive, massive work describing um, um, what it was like to live in the prison camps and what life was like under Soviet domination. Um, the book Live Not By Lies is talking about how in under Soviet domination, they had what he called a hard totalitarianism where um, the government enforced by law, you have to think this way. And if you dissent in any way, you'll be uh, taken into a, a prison camp or something. Uh, and, and what the author, Rod Dreher, was saying is that... Uh, in our culture today, we are facing what looks to be like a soft totalitarianism. And, and he described that as being, um, it's getting to a point where it's not the government enforcing things, but it's society itself uh, that's basically saying, if you don't think this way, if you don't get in line with the cultural revolution, then uh, we will cancel you, Right? cancel culture. We're going we're gonna, to um, make it so that you can't get a job. We're going to make it so that uh, everyone shuns you. Um, anyway, um, his point is uh, that we ought to be people who don't live by lies. Uh, the, the, the world is telling us this is what the truth is, but what it is is a lie. And they're, and they're trying to tell us to live by what we know is a lie. Um, I believe that the book of 1 Peter is great for that moment in our um, country, in our society, um, because I think that the, the book of 1 Peter is all about how we are to live, not by lies. Um, the beginning of it, the first thing that he tells us is, this is what the truth is. God has saved us through the work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has caused us to be born again. He has, uh, he has a future and a hope. And we are citizens living as strangers and aliens, right? That's what the truth is. And then he tells us how we are to live. This is on the basis of what the truth is. This is how we are to live. We're not to, to uh, be conformed to what the world around us says. Instead, we are to live by what the truth is of what God's word says. The, the text today, I think, is, is related to that because, uh, again, it's telling us how we are to live in the midst of this hostile world that puts pressure on us, that tells us that we're to live according to its worldview 
Um, this is how we're to live as believers in the midst of this hostile world. Now, we'll back up just a little bit. Last, the last few sermons, right? We've been, the last few passages we've been going through, Peter has been telling us in different situations in life how we are to live. He, he first told us all believers were to submit to the government, right? That, that what is our, what, and, and not just blanketly, but we are to, insofar as we are able without sinning, uh, we're to submit to the government and just be good citizens. Um, next, he told, you know, slaves, be submissive to your masters. And, 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 uh, and in so doing, we're, they were following after the example of Christ, embracing suffering. And, and, and while, so that's how uh, servants were to live in the midst of a hostile world. Now, then he dealt with husbands and wives and how husbands and wives are to, to live in the midst of this hostile world. And today, again, we're back to everyone, everyone, all believers. This is how we're to live in the midst of hostility. So let's look at our text beginning in verse eight. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from seeking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil." Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, help us to embrace the truth about this world, the truth that you have made us and we are yours, and we have rebelled against you, and we deserve wrath and punishment, but that you sent your son, Jesus, that we could find redemption and forgiveness and grace. Father, help us, Lord, to live in the midst of this hostile world, to live in line with the truth that we receive from your word. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. And Lord, give me strength to preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. He starts out, finally, we're just in chapter three of five, so it sounds like a sermon to me, <laughs> right? The preacher's getting, he says, finally, and he's like, okay, maybe he's starting to wrap this up, and then he goes on for another 20 minutes, right? <laughs> finally, uh, I think that's, he's, he's finally, because it's the last of these, this progression of, of uh, this is, in this situation of life, you live this way, and you know, as, as believers, we are submissive to the government. Uh, slaves are submissive to masters. Um, uh, wives submissive to husbands, and then finally, finally, uh, all of you—he's not just talking to any particular set of believers, but all believers have unity of mind, simplicity, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. 
Verse 8, I think he's talking to believers. Verse 9, he follows this up, and I think he's, he's again talking about how we live in the midst of this hostile world. He's talking about how we are to relate to unbelievers, those who, who revile us. Um, and, and so let's look at how we are to relate to believers. We're to have unity of mind. Okay? Doesn't mean that we are like robots and we can only think uh, exactly the same thoughts about everything. But we, we have a, a, a unity that, that we're all centered around the gospel. Right? We're all, we're all, uh, we're getting along. We're not fighting with one another. I mean, this is what Jesus prayed for in the garden. This is what Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17, that they may be one as even as I and the Father are one, right? Um, he wants us to be unified. E- Ephesians chapter 4 uh, tells us that we're to strive for unity among the brethren. Uh, and here, Peter is saying, in the midst of this hostile world, what's going to help us get through but unity? When the world's against us, if we're fighting among each other, how are we going to get through? Right? Sympathy. We're to feel with one another. That's what sympathy means, to feel, to feel with. Uh, sim, uh, with, is that preposition. And um, Pathy, you know, pathos, we, 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 uh, we can get the idea of feeling. So we're feeling with one another. We will weep with those who weep. Uh, we, we will bear one another's burdens. We will, we will when, when, when one among us hurts, we all hurt with them. Brotherly love. This is something that Peter's been repeating over and over again. He, because we have been born again into a new family, we've been, we've been tied together and we're all inheritors together of, uh, of this great gift. We've been born into a new family by the word of God, which is imperishable. It's, it's something that's, that's uh, even stronger than our ties of, of our biological relationships. Because of this, we ought to love one another earnestly from the heart, is what he told us back in an earlier chapter. And here he says, again, we're to, we're, we're to have brotherly love towards one another. A tender heart. We're to have a tender heart, not uh, uh, cold and, and reserved towards other people, but we're to have a tenderness about us, treating each other with gentleness, and a humble mind. We ought to not think of ourselves as better than others. But instead we ought to have a humble mind. Like Jesus. Who although he existed in the form of God. Humbled himself. By becoming a servant. We're to have a humble mind. Notice the arrangement of these ideas. There are five of them. And it's kind of in an A, B, C, B, A pattern. Uh, scholars often call this a chiasm. And basically, uh, the idea is unity of mind can fit with humble mind. They're both about the mind. Well, how are we to be unified in mind? <laughs> By being humble of mind. They fit together, don't they? If we think, oh, I've got all the answers and nobody else does, how are we ever going to have any unity? But we can have unity when we think more highly of others than we do of ourselves. 
tender heart and sympathy. If, we're, if we have a tender heart, that means we feel with others. These, this is about our emotions. We, the, on the ends, we have our mind. On the BB parts of the pattern, we have uh, feeling with one another, a tender heart. We're, we're feeling with one another. We're, we're, bare, we're, we're uh, um, weeping with those who weep. But in a chiasm, the one in the middle is the one that's the most important, Right? Everything's driving at that, and that is brotherly love. If we love one another fervently from the heart, like he told us earlier, then we've got this down. This is how we relate to one another as believers. If we are being beaten down by the world, if we're being ostracized because we say homosexuality is a sin, because we say Sex outside of marriage is sin, not just homosexuality. If we're, if we're being called judgmental and, and hateful bigots because we just stand on what the, what the Word of God says about sexual ethics, which is what our culture is pushing at us against, how are we going to uh, withstand that pressure unless we have one another? If we're just off by ourselves without a, a community to be a part of a fellowship with, we'll have so much pressure we might, be will, we might be willing to give in. So we need to have a unity of mind. We need to have sympathy and a, a tender heart. And we need to love one another earnestly. When the world hates us, we got to have each other. we got to love one another, have brotherly love. Verse 9, I think, as I said, it, it really kind of deals with how we relate to unbelievers. Although, I guess you could, you could say that there could be cases in which we might be reviled by other believers, or at least professing believers. But I think generally this may relate more to outside, to the hostility we receive from the world. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. When the world heaps shame upon us because we stand on the Bible, when the world um, reviles us, when they speak evil against us, we don't return that by, by this, uh, in similar kind. On the contrary, he tells us, bless, bless. Pray for them. Don't get angry about it. Don't, I mean, I think sometimes when we look at the world and how, 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 how much depravity there is, um, we can forget, so would I be if it wasn't for the grace of God. So, so would I, there, there for, but for the grace of God go I, right? And our tendency can possibly be to revile in return, but instead we bless, we bless by praying that they might see, that they might, they might repent from, from what they are holding to and that they would repent and turn to Christ. We bless. And he says, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. I think this is the reference that uh, Tom read. Abram was called out of Ur, and he was said that he would be a blessing and that others would be blessed because of him, right? And we were called. 
right? He called us. He called us when we heard the gospel and we uh, were like sheep who heard the voice of the shepherd and we followed him. We were called that we might obtain a blessing. That we might obtain a blessing and also be a blessing, just like Abram. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil let his lips, uh, and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Here, um, Peter is backing up what he's saying in verses 8 and 9 with Scripture. He's, he's um, pointing to the Bible and saying, what I'm saying here about how we all ought to uh, relate to one another is, is, is coming right out of the Word. And, and it's, it's Scripture that he has also already been reminding us of. It's, I believe it's the same passage that says, all flesh is grass and its glory like the flower of uh, grass that withers. And it's also the same one where he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That, that passage that says, taste and see, it's that same psalm. So maybe as Peter was, was uh, writing this letter, he might have been meditating. Maybe that's what he read in his devotionals that morning. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that's what he'd been meditating on and, and, and saying, this is how we are to live in the midst of hostility. Whoever desires to love life and see good days. If you want to live in, under the blessing of God, if you want to love life and see good days, it, it, that is, if you want to live under the blessing of God, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. We don't revile for reviling. When others revile, because we want to keep our tongue from evil. Right? It's about our speech. When others revile us, when others slander us, when others accuse us, we got to keep our tongue held. And that is hard, right? James tells us, who can tame the tongue? If you can tame the tongue, you can be a perfect man. How are we to live in the midst of this hostile world whenever we face all kinds of persecution? We hold our tongue. We keep our tongue from evil. And we keep our tongue from speaking deceit. Don't give in to the pressure to say what the world wants us to say. The world wants us to say, love is love. The world wants us to say, you can't judge me. We've got to keep our tongue from speaking evil and keep our tongue from speaking, our lips from speaking deceit. It is deceitful to say what the world wants us to say right now. So we keep our tongues from that. Let him turn away from evil and do good, not only with our speech, but also with our conduct. Okay, two categories here. We, we don't speak evil and we don't do evil. Let him turn away from evil and do good. You know what I see here? Turn away from evil. 
Let him repent of evil. Again, as Tom said during uh, Sunday school, we often will we'll look at scriptures and we'll say, oh yeah, that's great for him. <laughs> but it's so much about us. If we want to live under the blessing of God, let us turn away from evil. We might be tempted to it. We might be tempted to lash out because of the persecution. But we, we need to repent from that. We might be tempted to, but we repent from that. We turn away from it. And we hope that other people repent of it too. Let him turn away from evil and do good. There's a negative and a positive there. We're turning away from evil and we're doing good. Loving our neighbors. Loving our, our the brethren. Bearing one another's burdens. We're doing good. Caring for the poor. Caring for the sick. Preaching the gospel. Four. Oh, let him seek peace and pursue it. I'm about to skip that part. I don't want to do that. Let him seek peace and pursue it. I think that fits along with the unity. Uh, you know, we, we, as believers, we, we can't afford to be all torn asunder. We can't afford that because if the world's against us, we can't survive if we're all torn up into factions. We've got to seek peace among the brethren. But also, we seek peace with God. He has made peace with us by the cross and causing us to be born again. But we seek peace for other people to have peace with God. And that is through evangelism. Let him seek peace and pursue it. We want to proclaim the gospel to those who have not yet received it. We want to, to tell them the way is open. Trust in Jesus. He has, he has opened the way that we can be saved and forgiven. Let us seek peace by, through evangelism so that people will come to know Him and trust in Him and they might go from being enemies of God to fellow heirs with us. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and His ears are open to their prayer. Why do we live this way? Why, why do we want to live the way that he's telling us to live here, that Peter is telling us to live here? Because we know that the Lord sees us. We know that the Lord sees us as we, as we do so. It would be so easy to, to give in to the pressure of the world. The other people would like us more. But the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. We want, we want the eyes of the Lord on us. We want Him to see us. We want His praise and not the world's praise. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and His ears are open to our prayers, to their prayers. We want Him to hear us. And sometimes we might say with the psalmist, Lord, how long will you forget me? This is a great reminder. He sees us. In the midst of our suffering, when we face persecution and we face a hostile world, He sees us. He sees us. He hears our prayers. Even though we may not feel like it, we need to know 
He does. He hears our prayers. And then comes a warning. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. He sees us, believers. He sees us living under this. But those who do evil, those who persecute us, those who call us hateful bigots, the face of the Lord is against them. That's not a position you want to be in. No, that's, that's, that's heavy. The face of the Lord is against those who mistreat us and hate us and cause, uh, call us all kinds of slanderous things because of our faith in Christ. The face of the Lord is against them. They are not under the blessing of God, but they are those who, like, like when Abraham was told, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. When they revile against us, God is against them. And one day, Jesus is coming again. Our king, who is our king, we, we live as aliens and strangers. Our king is one day coming. And when he comes, he's going to set all things right. He's going to put all of his enemies under his feet. And we live in this time between the times. And we are pleading with others that they would turn away from their evil and trust in Jesus so that no longer would the face of the Lord be against them. I want to back up a little bit. Now let's think about this text. This text is telling us what we should do, right? Peter and all the epistles are divided into two basic kinds of things. On the one hand, this is what is true about what God has done for us in Christ. On the other hand, it's on the basis of this, this is how we ought to live. This particular text is one that's telling us on the basis of what God has done, this is how we to live, are to live. Okay? It's law in a way. It's law. It's telling us th this is conduct. This is how we are to conduct ourselves. And I'm a preacher who wants to preach the gospel. There's no contradiction between the two. How is it that we can do this? We don't live this way in order that God would accept us. right? We, we, we don't try to muster up enough willpower to have unity and brotherly love and all that. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it out of our own strength. It just doesn't happen. If we're trying to do it in our own power, in our own strength, from our own willpower, all we will do is eventually give in to the culture. Because only someone who's been born again can do this. Only when we have been born again, only when He has washed us clean from all of our iniquities, only whenever He has brought us from out of the dark and into the light can we do this. So I'm going to circle around to the Gospel. 
How can we have the strength to live this way? Keeping in mind the truth. We're not to live by lies. We've got to keep in mind the truth. God made us and we're His. We have rebelled and He sent His Son for us. And His arms are open to all who would trust in Him. Look to Him. He is the, the only hope that we have. We look to Him. We trust in Him. He is our strength and our shield. Not in our own willpower can we do this. God has done this in us. He has, he has caused us to be born again. And so we live like this. We love one another. We seek peace with one another. And when the world reviles us, we bless. Mm -hmm.